0: Welcome to the KLE podcast with your host, Sean Smith, encouraging and equipping leaders with a kingdom mindset to inspire, to influence, and to impact your culture where you are every single day. And now for today's episode. (laughs) Hey, good morning and welcome to um, the conversation, a Friday conversation with Steve and Sean. We are into um, our discussion and as usual, we found um, the point to push the record button or we should have <laughs> <laughs> pushing it now. So here we are and welcome again to our time together. So um, we are talking about... Uh, good morning, Steve. Sorry. Um, no,
1: no, that's all right. You already like, said God, that. Said,
0: good morning. <laughs> so, so it's just like I forget to to say good morning to you again. Officially, official, officially. Officially, w- okay. Official good morning and welcome to that conversation. Um, yes, so uh, we were talking, you you were talking about we've forgotten the lost art of storytelling. Right. Yeah, yeah you know, after after the crisis i went through in in um 2003 um (laughs) where a certain individual decided to dismantle everything around my will because i didn't want to comply with their idea of what it should be um so they dismantled and it wasn't what it should be it's what he wanted it to be so dismantling everything anyway that's besides the point the point is is that i ended up in a crisis within a month i lost everything and and everything that i'd worked for steve i mean for years uh, you know is, what people don't realize is you know I, I don't know i don't know about other people but for me it was like being able to to stand up and share the word of god you understand for me that was huge it it was it was like a huge journey from from where i was and what had gone before that is 10 years of blood sweat tears of hundreds of hours of reading reading books and listening to tapes because first off i used to stammer and stutter and i was very nervous very shy very introverted felt very um me too insecure about standing up and talking you know it just like it, it just didn't register on my on my radar of of possibilities in my life and so when I discovered you know that people are doing it and they're doing it without this theological education or you know well and I really had the sense in me that it, it can be done you know but I just didn't know how so i You know, I spent hours and hours of getting there, and now I'm at a place, and I'm trying to adapt. I'm trying to find the right thing. I'm trying to respect and love somebody that I I trusted enough to help me develop and become the person that I needed to be within the context of doing it right. You know, I mean that it's not about evil and you know good. It's about doing it right or wrong. You know, and so I wanted to do it right anyway. And so this guy now dismantles everything, you know, within a few, within weeks, within week. I mean, it was a slow process over over a year, but it ultimately ended up with a climatic destruction just overnight. Everything's gone. Everything i would worked for, everything I, you know, that my world was, my purpose was, was gone in a moment. Even
1: your vehicle was gone at that point, wasn't
0: it? My, My land, I had to sell everything. I mean, I went from, we went from, living our our best dream life to to selling dog food from door to door to try and put uh, bread on the table. And that selling dog food was like, it sort of came later. I mean, it was, we, we'd have times no food in the house, nothing at all. And people were critical. People were, were trying to steal from us. Church members trying to steal from us. Well, did steal from us <laughs> a lot of money. And, and um, I mean, it just was like, it just a That hour of darkness, you know, it's just like, oh my word. And anyway, it took me years to recover from that. I I don't, you know, some guys, I don't know how they do it, Steve. They just come back and they've conned everybody and, you know, stolen and and slept around and whatever. And they go, now I'm ready. And they start preaching and their ministry goes, I just couldn't do it. I, you know, for me, it was like devastating. Anyway, I ended up in England, I don't know, a number of years later. And
1: um, the problem... The problem is, too, is that your identity is usually wrapped up in what you do.
0: Well, it is. And it's the only thing I knew how to do. You know, yeah. I didn't know how to do anything else. That was it. I'd, I'd spent all my years developing that area. And because it was 15, 20 years of ministry, now you're like, what do I do now? Right. What kind of job do I do? Nobody wants a minister, you know, or a pastor. <laughs> You know, it's just like um, you—you you, know—you put on your resume. Okay, I was the senior pastor of the local church for fifteen years. And they go, what else? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, uh, well, I mean, that is like a big package. You know, I did a lot. You know, and it's just like, no, that's nothing. What else did you do? And so, you know, I—I really, really struggled. I struggled for for a long time, and. But in England, the Lord began to reveal to me. I'm, now, the point that I'm coming to about stories is that I, one day I was I, I met with a with a leader, and and uh, he was the first guy in ministry that I felt could understand what I'd been through. I mean, you know, besides yourself, we've been talking for some time, but I'm talking about just somebody else outside of my in my world that was there to. Um, that, that was doing ministry, that understood where I was, you know, and what I'd been through. And this guy just sat down and said, tell me your story. And I told him my story for two hours. He listened. He was the only guy prepared to listen. And, and so I told him my story for two hours. And you know what? When something happened, Steve. When I walked away from that, it was like suddenly the story became history. The, the problem, the storm became a story. And out of that came, I I was, as I was walking away from, from that, something happened to me that it didn't change everything, but it changed something inside of me. And what I discovered in that was as I walked away, I saw um, Jesus getting in the boat saying to the disciples, go to the other side. And as they're going, this massive storm comes up that, that tries to destroy them. And Jesus is sleeping. And, uh, and Jesus calms the storm for them. And they, the next thing, they're on the other side, you know, of the lake and, or the sea. And, um, and I thought, now, you know, Matthew is relating that crisis as a story. Right, right. That's true. And, and the Lord gave this to me. He said, the, you'll go through a storm, but the storm will become your story. Hmm. And your story becomes the steel the seal of of your message of your um, of your uh mandate because the the storm going through the storm, surviving the storm, coming out the storm develops a story within you, and that story defines your mandate in a sense as a leader and when I saw that, it just like it made all the difference in the world you know. And and so many people, I think, are in a storm, but they never find their story. Or they've been through a storm, they never find their story. They've relived their story over and over. They are a victim to their story, years and years and years down the line, you know, because they're always, right. a, they never find the, a victim to the storm, never find their story. And therefore, they never have that seal of of a mandate, you know, it's just like, I have a story. And if you talk marketing, if you talk marketing, most of the guys, they say you start off with one message, one story, uh, one, one, one story, one message, one program, one audience. That's where you Hmm. start in marketing Hmm. and focus that, you know, that's when it begins to happen. Right. Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's my story about my storm and my story.
1: (laughs) Right. Well, even in even in um, Revelation, it talks about overcoming the beast. And the way they overcome the beast was how?
0: By the word of their testimony.
1: Yeah, by the blood of the Lamb and, and the word of their testimony. Yeah. The testimony is a story. It's a story of what I saw, what I felt, what I touched, what I've been through, what I've seen God do. Yes. And that's where I'm when I was talking about that earlier this morning, I thought, you know, we've lost that. We've lost that art of being able to share the story without the sting. Yes. Because like you're saying, you know, that we're still, we're reliving that a lot of times. Um, my wife, you know, I told you about that book that she was writing. Um, and, uh, she finally released it. Um, it's on Kindle and, uh, the The strange thing about it was, is I wrote a little text to her and I said, now you've released it. Yeah. And it didn't hit me till after I wrote that. The book has been released. The story has been released. Now you don't have to keep reliving it every time you retell it or you yeah. rethink it or whatever else. It's It's been released. And when she finished the book, it was like a huge burden, she said, was off of her shoulders because her story, um, her story became then part of her, like you said, history, but now it's, now it's something as a tool as opposed to something that she was a victim to.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And the thing about it is, you know, our battles, the battles we have and the storms we have and the story that comes out of it becomes the key to somebody else's deliverance.
1: That's true. Yeah,
0: to somebody else's yeah. victories, you know, is because what Satan uses, we know the story. You know what Satan uses to destroy us becomes the keys to um, to to in fact destroy him. You know, destroy right. his works. And so I, I, you know, I really believe that that uh, when you release a story, you're releasing deliverance. You're releasing victory i mean i i work I've worked with a few people and said to them, Let's put your story down let's let's um do an interview and get your story into book form, you know, so I don't write the book i'm you know I'm a lazy writer, but that's why i'm so <laughs> I'm doing a course in copywriting, so I've become more disciplined in writing. I'm really lazy in writing i I love doing verbal audio you know right so, um so, but I say to people, hey, listen, you know, and I know a lot of people are like that. They've got books, they've got ideas, they've got stories within them, but they never release it, because, right? You know, so they stay victim to it, and others don't benefit from their story, right? And their their victory or their their success within the storm, you know,
1: right? And the main thing is is not to not to release or to. Um in part, the victimization part of it. No. Oh. But it's the it's the how you made it through the storm. Yes. The is we're on the other side now. That's right. So, how what was the journey in getting there? How did you get? What what took you through that storm to get you to the other side? What was your process? What was the thinking? What what happened to you that now all of a sudden you realize that you are victorious? You are on the other side. And that you're no longer held victim to the storm. Exactly. And uh, that's, um, you know, just like in James, it says, "Count it all joy, my brother, and when you enter into diverse temptations or trials, uh, for the trying of your faith worketh something." Yeah. And worketh patience, which uh, is the word "hupomene," constant, cheerful, consistency. Yes. So once it's worked that in you, it says, "So that you may be whole." entire and wanting for nothing. All these trials of your faith works that in you so that that patience or that constant cheerful consistency is established so much in you that you finally whole and entire and wanting for nothing. But that comes from that story. It comes from going through that process and coming out the other side with constant cheerful consistency now. You didn't have it when you were in the storm, <laughs> but now you've got it. You survived. You did
0: have it, but you just yeah. did you know, you, you. Well, that's true. Yeah. You, you, you're on the other side. And you see, the, the difference is, Stevie, is that many times what we do is we survive a crisis. We survive. Right. right. And then we stay there. We are a survivor. But yes. we need to um, realize that, Success is when you begin to live above the storm. Right. And then, uh, and you, success is discovering the story and living above the storm. But significance, significance is when you're able to deliver that message, that story as a key to somebody else's liberty, to somebody else's victory, to somebody else's survival. Right. That's significance. Significance is when you, it comes from the root word sign, um, and, and you become a sign of victory and success for others.
1: Right. Isn't that what we're supposed to be able to do, though, is even in the scripture, uh, I- anything we're doing is impart that same spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, which is the ability to impart that same deliverance that we had, yeah. as opposed to just, telling you a story exactly and that's the thing that i noticed with um um, i was watching a show the other day and they were just telling some stories you know about the native whatever and uh, it didn't really impact me so much until i saw when one guy did it and he just recounted the story nothing to it i mean it was like a you know everybody's falling asleep the other guy comes in and he shares it with the way it impacted him, hmm. with what happened to his heart, with what happened to the surrounding. I mean, it was a whole different way of relating. And it related the spirit of the story, not just the history of it. Right. Does that make sense? Right. Right. So now I know the deliverance part of it. and Now I know the power of it. And that's what it says in, what is it, 1 Corinthians 14. If I don't know the power of the voice, the meaning of the voice, which is the word dunamis, the power of it. I become a barbarian to you who speaks, and him who speaks a barbarian to me. I just sit there and it, and it just goes whoop, right over my head because I don't realize the meaning, the power that's behind all that. Yeah. And uh, that's where, you know, the, the word even logos, the thought, intent, purpose, and motive behind what is spoken. If I don't understand that all things come out of the word of his power, everything that we speak from, comes out of a power or a strength somewhere otherwise we wouldn't be like our father and be able to say let there be whatever
0: exactly
1: so if i don't understand the distinction of the voice if i don't understand the meaning of that story that you've got going on in your life and you're imparting to me the very power of it i become just a bar i just become another like a lampstand or something standing beside you a, a barbarian to him who speaks. It's like you're speaking a totally different language. That's right. And so to be able to impart that, the, like you said, not just the, not just the words of it, but the actual, the actual meaning behind it that's going to help somebody else transform their life. That's, right. that's the impartation of it. And that's when Connie released uh, the book on that. I thought, boy, that's, that's important to her right now is to impart that ability to have somebody else get delivered just by reading some words because she's telling, she's telling it in writing, but now it's something that's going to help other people get delivered because it was released out there as a message. It was released. And uh, I thought, man, this is an important time. This isn't just something um, to, to mess around with. When God said, let there be light, he released that. And it wasn't just the words of it. It was the thought, intent, purpose, and motive behind everything. Boom, he releases it. Yep. And, um, you know, I just, like you, like we were first starting to talk about it, you know, the, the art of storytelling isn't just the ability to remember the situation. It's ability to impart to you the same emotion that I felt, the same heart that was going on, the same deliverance I felt. So that when I'm done, you have pretty much lived the same situation I just had, and now you have the tools to be able to successfully uh, work with whatever storm you're in.
0: Yeah.
1: So. Yep, exactly.
0: exactly. And I mean, people build whole businesses. I mean, multi-million-dollar businesses out of a story. Really. And yeah. I, I'm still like looking for the millions, but I'm, you know. <laughs>
1: You're working on your second million. You I'm, working it up on, your... I'm
0: working on it. I'm working on <laughs> working yeah. the first one. Um, uh, yeah, so, but you know, the thing about it is, is that if I hadn't gone through that, leadership wouldn't have been on the radar. Right. Because I went through that, I had to sit down. I, it forced me to sit down. And when, when the story became history or the storm became history to me and I discovered the story, the story discovery wasn't like an overnight thing. It was like the, right. the story began to un, unfold of what is right leadership? What is wrong leadership? What is exceptional leadership, bad leadership? You know, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the excellent of leadership. I I, dis- I had to discover then the principles. And then I went to the greatest story ever told, which is Jesus, right. the greatest leader that's ever walked on the face of the earth. You know, for me, that was my victory. That was my, and now that's, that's all I do. I mean, every, every talk I do, every virtual thing I do, everything I do is all based out of that one story that affected my life and then discovering his story. And, and, you know, and now I've found the principles that I share. So it's always based upon his leadership, everything that I do, because of what, if I hadn't gone through the storm, I would never have discovered it. And the same will, will be, you know, somebody will read Connie's book and go, that's me you know, right. or, or, right. or that's something of me, there's something of me in Connie, and, and I see what she did to get out, and there's something in what she did that'll, that's helping, that can and will, and, and definitely uh, will take them to another place in, in their life, you know, and right. that's the power of telling a story, absolutely.
1: Right, yeah, because without the storytelling, we don't, I mean, even the scripture, they didn't write it down at first.
0: They just told it book of yeah. acts book of acts wasn 't a new there was no new testament <laughs> that 's true, you know, true. I mean, is it amazing i mean matthew Mark Luke, John um, only came seventy to one hundred years after the resurrection of Christ right and did you notice this? I read this something the other day that I thought was so interesting, so interesting we know that all scriptures written by inspiration of the Spirit of God. Right. Now, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were there with Jesus, and they walked all through the revelation of Romans, Corinthians, Ephesians, but none of them ever mention the revelation of Paul, not because it was wrong, but because the Holy Spirit didn't allow them to. That was for another another story, right? This story was only what Christ, uh, who he was and what he did while he was here and what he represented, right? Right, Isn't that amazing. Yeah. I just thought, yeah, yeah the there stories that was, there, there was... letters. And... Sorry, I, I'm sorry,
1: <laughs> we no. both we both keep starting at the same time. <laughs> I was just thinking about the whole letters of, of Paul. In fact, it says, uh, in the Revelation, it says, the the revelation of Jesus Christ unto John. Yes. It doesn't say this is just revelations, yes. you know, or John's right. revelation. Exactly. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ to John. Yeah. So
0: it's a story. Yeah. And the same Paul. Paul says this is the revelation given to me. Right. In the right. grace of God, you know. Yeah. Right. And
1: every letter is a revelation of Christ to him, and right. I'm just sharing with you something that's going to help you.
0: Yes. He didn't write a book. That's I. I yeah. listen to people are going, um, you know, is that the 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 New Testament is like um, the the book of of it ne- nearly like it replaces the Gospels. You know, it's just like no, oh. it doesn't. It was letters that Paul wrote to address situations in the local church who yet didn't have the new a New Testament. They were right. recounting what we were talking about. They were recounting the stories. About Jesus about what he talked about the kingdom of god ver- verbal audio kind of stories, you know that's what they were right.
1: Well, even when they first got together, it said that they they came together and eating from house to house yeah. and uh, continuing in the apostles' doctrine. Right. at that point, there wasn't like you said the New Testament or anything else. they were
0: continuing in the apostles doc- stories stories t- yes yes. And, and because they they didn't have doctrine, <laughs> right, or church um, yeah. <laughs> teaching, they didn't even have Steve O'Shawn's book. I mean, they didn't have it, you that's know. Right,
1: they didn't even have a bulletin.
0: <laughs> yes, oh, thank God they <laughs> they didn't have a bulletin. Do you know? Oh, yeah, that's on another topic. Oh. <laughs> but you know, is you know, I, I mean. Yes. Anyway, yeah. Let me. Let's, that's off topic. Let's stay within the topic. So, so it just. Um, it's a, yeah. It's interesting. They recounted the story. Moses. Moses. God showed Moses Genesis. Right. And he told the story, and that's right. the story we have. So over right. thousands of years, we have you know the story has been recounted, and now we have it recorded. Thank God. But right. But, you know, in that, I think we've lost the art of telling the story. Right. That's true. You know, of, of sharing. That's why to me, Steve, it's like, yeah, we can stand up. I, I, you know, when I look to Jesus, I don't see him standing up and saying, okay, turn to your discipleship manual, you know, chapter 3 and uh, paragraph 2, item 1 we're going to talk about today as we, before we go, reach the crowds. You know, it's just like it was just impromptu, not impromptu, but he knew exactly. Exactly, but he would say, "Well, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast, you know. Right. Or uh, well, the kingdom of heaven is like a fisherman, you know, putting a dragnet out of the out of the ocean." And, right. And he would he would share stories to reach the people, but in that he would take the disciples apart, sit down, get around a fire, and talk to talk to them about the principles of of what was in the story. Right, right. That's the powerful part about it, you see, is that I think, you know, people skim over. I'm, I'm sure that if somebody sat with Connie and said, you know, if there were three, four people in your lounge, in your sitting room, I think that's what you call it in America, in your sitting room. Living and, room. Living room. And, and Connie was there. And they began to say to Connie, you know, what was like the core thing that you learned and and if she started sharing there would be depth to that right. that wasn't it couldn't even be reflected in words that would come out what you were saying about out of the spirit the heart the the core of who she is you know is of her experience of journeying that and and the the finding that the the keys to victory and success in in the midst of that um if if we had to sit with her we'd find out a lot more than what right in the book we'd we'd hear the heart deeper than what is is in the book itself
1: right that's true that's true because really basically all you can do is a lot of times just recount the history
0: yes
1: and uh, i mean she tried to uh in a lot of areas do it with words as far as uh giving kind of painting a picture of what was going on but that's still it still doesn't compare to sitting down uh, around a campfire or in your living room or whatever, and just re recounting the the work of Christ in your life. I mean, that's a whole different. Absolutely. That's a whole different deal.
0: And and the thing, the truths that you've learned and have become part of you. Right. Right. That's discipleship. You see, discipleship is not reading a book. I mean, you know, I thank God for for the sources of instruction and teaching I've had I mean you know years and years of listening to not everybody I'm not an internet just find anybody I choose certain people that I I know the I, I understand their values I understand their message I understand their story and I want to partake of that so now I will dive into that and I will listen to everything I can hear on what they have to say and let the spirit of who they are be imparted to me that's that's what it is, because we just don't have the privilege of of sitting with the right people always and just hearing what they have to say. So right. I, you know, that's, and that's one of the reasons we have this conversation is so that we can, we can ignite one another and just recount the things that we, we don't find everywhere, anywhere, you know, um, basically, right. uh, yeah.
1: I had a, a family call me up here a while back and just actually the father did and just asked me to share some of the things that that my encounters with angels and um uh, some of the different things that happened to me uh when I got when the contract was put out on my life uh, by a bunch of witches and stuff and there was somebody sent to actually kill me <laughs> you know they they just they were the kids were studying about angels and they wanted to know. Mm. And during the course of that I thought, you know just to be able to share that story and share how God worked with me through the process. And uh, the guy who was sent to me or to kill me actually ended up getting delivered and set free and born again. You know, how did that take place? What happened? You know, how did, how do you deal with somebody who's, you know, how did you end up getting the weapons away from the person? You know, what, what took place Hmm. and that type of story um, is amazingly impactful, even in even in retelling that for me, because it it re-stirs up those things that I know who my God is, yes. you know, and they who know their God shall be strong and do exploits, exactly. and uh, just no watching Him work with me through that quote storm again, uh, you know, where and just see His deliverance, see His power in that and uh then encountering uh the angelic hosts that i did um was just phenomenal to me even today you know to recount those situations and stuff those stories and uh somebody said uh, one time they said well all you got are these old war stories no i got new ones (laughs) It's it's just that the old ones the some of the old ones are still very impactful to my life
0: Absolutely,
1: and they need to be recounted. They need to be retold uh, with the spirit of life in it that that's supposed to be there. So otherwise they're lost.
0: Exactly. And you know, I, I heard somebody say this many, many years ago and it, it, I can't remember all of what he said, but this one part just really impacted me tremendously. And, and what he said was people criticize him because, He goes back and recounts the past, you know, tells the story of what happened in the past. And they said, you've got to move on from the past. You you've got to leave it behind. He said, he said, the thing about it is go, I don't go back to the past to recount the past, to be a victim to the past. But what I do is I go back to the past because it inspires my passion for the future. And, And that's for me is like, yeah, at times I tell the story about what I went through and how, what my family and I went through and my kids had to endure through the whole crisis that we went through and, and the pain and the betrayal and the abandonment and everything you go through. And, 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 you know, it, it stirs up tremendous emotion in me at times because I think it's like a lost era, but what it, I don't stay a victim to that. It, what it does is it inspires me. It fires me up. It it impassions me. It, uh, I don't know what else nice adjective to work with that, but it does something to me that motivates me to keep preaching or keep teaching or keep working, keep putting out a message for leaders to be different, to be right. the That's what kingdom leadership is about. I mean, you know, it's just, it wouldn't be there if it wasn't for that. You know, we wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for that. It's just like, that's, it, it moves you to action. It moves you to passion. It moves you to say, we can have a movement. We can do something different. We can we can be different. We can do something, you know? I mean, otherwise, we're lost in the in the history of, of the past, you know? And we move right. on. And, and, and listen, that's what we, you know, now I'm going to, um, is like, that's what we have with a problem with in, in the nations right now. They're trying to cleanse the history. Right. So that they lose the story, and now they have to re. they m- kind of moving on, but they losing the values, the principles, the truths, the foundations, the lessons learned from the past. And right. now to rediscover Newton, you're just going to repeat.
1: <laughs> right. That's true.
0: Just going to repeat.
1: Yeah. Those who what is it? Ignore or don't know their history are doomed to repeat it.
0: Doomed to repeat it. Yeah. That's because whatever.
1: counsel is bound up in the heart of man but a man of understanding will draw it from him right. the interesting thing about drawing out of somebody else their story when they first start and uh, I noticed this when a lot of people were first coming out of uh, the situation that we were in um, i was i had a young man that was down uh, here working with me and and he just wanted to be a part of whatever it was i did and you know just kind of learn, you know, be discipled, I guess, for lack of a better word, uh, you know, he wanted to be mentored. He wanted to have somebody to disciple him unto Christ. And so, you know, I was doing that to the best of my ability. But uh, what we did was we ended up going with some other people that had just come out of the situation that we were in. Well, the first couple times they told their story, the, the other people did. I found that they were having to tell their story in different ways several different times. And uh, every time when they were first sharing it, it was filled with infection. It's like squeezing a, it's still an open wound at that point.
0: The pus is coming out.
1: Yeah, yeah. And all the infection is coming out. After a while, there was that point at which it no longer had the bite or the sting to it it now had the power to deliver somebody else because now it's about what I learned, not about how I was a victim. And that's, that's the point at which it changes, but somebody has to be there to help draw out that infection out of that person. You don't want them to take the, take the stand at that point (laughs) and tell the whole world their story at that point. You know, at that point, you want to just help them get the infection out. Right. And that's where counsel is bound up in the heart of man. But a man of understanding will help draw that because you're not looking for all the infection. You're looking for what the counsel of God was in that story. All right. And so now you help them discover what God was actually doing during that time, as opposed to just having them continue to be a victim to that their whole life.
0: Right, exactly. You know, the thing about it is, is, is you and I, I mean, the things that we've been through, we can't ignore them. They're there. No. Right. But the thing is the lessons we learn from it, you know, from that is that for me, it was like going back and saying, I mean, it was hard. It was hard going back to the people that had rejected me and abandoned me and and, and treated me inconsiderately and disrespectfully and whatever else, you know, it's just like ignored and what, you know, so you go through all yeah. of that and and it's hard to relive that as a story. But, you know, when I sat down and I said, okay, what did they do wrong? What did I do wrong? What did they do right? What, what could, what could have done it differently? What could I, then it became the the process of, Okay this is a message this is a story that's coming out of the past it's not like they were perfect and i have now a perfect story it was like right. out of the pain out of the hurt out of the the past you know it's like my dad my dad did a lot of things wrong a lot of things wrong but there was one one outstanding principle that that has served me for as a, as a father you know it's just like he, I, I tried to correct a lot of things as a father. I didn't get it right. And I'm sure my kids are going to go and say, geez, my dad got a lot of things wrong. <laughs> but he taught me these things, you know, that they can build on. And so, and that's that's what we've got to do generationally. We can't ignore, we can't, and we can't stay there and say, oh, the pain of that is like, uh, now we stay victim to that for the rest of, of our generations, you know, it's like, we've got to go back to the story and say, what can we learn from that? How do we apply that today? Because I am not a victim to that anymore. I refuse to be. I sat with two, two young ladies one day came and sat in my lounge and they said, we were abused by our, our father, you know, sexually abused by our father and and uh, for years. And, I, you know, what do you say at that point in time? You know, it's just like, I, I said to them and I said, okay, look, I'm not a therapist, so I can't, I'm, I can't take you. But what I do know is this, is that you can either be a victim to that or you can be victorious in that. Right. You can either live that person all your life and they will control you. He's dead and the dead man will rule your life forever. Or you can stand up and say, that's not who I am, and that's not what I'm going to live, and I'm not going to submit to that pain, subject myself to that pain, and I am victorious because I am a person, I have identity, I have, I'm a woman, uh, you know, of God, I'm a daughter of God now, and I'm going to live beyond that,
1: and I don't submit to those words anymore, those those words have no more impact,
0: and that action, and his control, manipulation, whatever, the, the, the pain he dealt out, I said, look, you know, I understand there's trauma involved and all the rest of it. I went through it. I, I've been there, you know, I've yeah. had it. But I came to the decision that the one day is like, because when, when I was young, when I was about five years old, I was sexually molested for two hours by a stranger in a telephone booth. And, and it affected my life for the next 28 years because I just never, ever told the story. Never told the story. I never told anybody what happened there. And so, um, I uh, I lived, and the, the 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 victim the victimization of that incident affected my. That's why I was stuttering and stammering and nervous around people and couldn't communicate properly and all the rest of it, and always insecure and because I never ever told the story. One night, one night, everything changed. In mm. one night. Wow. My eldest son, he was um, he was about uh, four years old, I think. Three years old, four years old, somewhere around there. Four years old, maybe. Yeah, four five years old. And I same age. And I was teaching him about touching and just good touches and bad touches, you know, and stuff like that. And as I told that story to him, suddenly, that whole – I put that thing way, way back in my subconscious. Never, ever thought about it. Never, ever – about it ever, and suddenly whoop, it came up, and I just wow. began to weep, you know. Is and um, and he looked me in the eye. At five years old, he looked me in the eye, came over to be put his arms around me, and said, "It's going to be okay." Wow. And and that moment it became the story. Right. And you know, I I went out, and I was at I was scheduled the next day to travel um, around the country and do. I was speaking, preaching at um, uh, in school, high schools, and guess what my story was. <laughs> <laughs> and so I began to talk about, you know, that you are not the victim of your past. You don't have to. Right. And I'm right. whole schools. I mean, the teachers were mad at me because they they didn't want that to come out. But I said. You know, I would talk about tell my story, tell my testimony. I would say, who here has experienced that? You know, close your eyes. Who's who's experienced that? And I want you to know is that it's not your fault. And until right. thousands of students would just begin to weep, you know, as they as they were released from from the guilt of that thing. And and that out of I, one
1: story. Out of one story.
0: One story. One story. I went across the country talking about that in schools and it was like boom. You know, they just had such a release from from that. And still today, when I talk about it, people don't, you know, because adults don't often want to talk about it, but, you know, I can see in people. Right. You know, one guy came to me after a talk and he just said, I just want you to know it happened to me as well. I said, Well, that's great. You know, it's just like, not great, but I mean, it's just, it's great that you're telling me, you know? And he said, Yeah. Yeah, I just feel like I need to tell you. And I said, The simple fact that you're telling me, is is just a release from the past that it's got no more control over you.
1: That's right. You
0: know, and and that became my, you know, it was a huge journey. But that moment I decided I'm not a victim. I'm not going to live in the pain of that. I'm not a prisoner to that. That stranger, whoever he was, will, you know, does not control my life. And he did. For 28 years, he controlled my life. Wow. 28 years. And... That moment, I said, no more. I, I, in fact, I went to lay in bed that night because Michelle walked in as jo- Jonathan was holding me. And she said, what's going on here? And Jonathan looked at me and said, it's all fine, mom. It's all fine. <laughs> and um, I lay in bed that night and I recounted the story to her. And, uh, and uh, you know, we just cried together. And, and then I lay in the bed and I just said, Jesus, tonight I place all of that under the blood. And all wow. those years, I place under the blood, and I just thank you that you cleanse me and deliver me from all the effect, all the victimization I've had of that. Because I will not allow that to be carried into my children, into my right. into the next generation. You know, because what we do is we can allow, we can carry the pain and the victimization. And what we don't realize is in what you were saying is it infects people. If right. You don't if you don't cleanse that wound, if you don't get free and learn the lessons and allow the storm to become a story, you will always, the storm, you will just impart the storm to others, you know? Right. Well,
1: it says the root of bitterness yes. defiles many. Many, exactly. So it's not, just, it's not just the spirit of deliverance in there. If I'm sharing that out of my bitterness, if I'm sharing it out of the hurt, if I'm sharing that out of my, uh, you know, and every time I tell it now, I'm telling you with that victimized mentality or victim mentality, I'm go- it's a root of bitterness. It's going to defile everybody that I'm sharing that with. Gotcha. However, where sin abounds, grace is much more abundantly bound. If I'm sharing you with the light of it, the power of it, the meaning of it, the dunamis of it, the explosive miraculous power of deliverance of God, just like there, just sharing that because I, uh, like you said, you shared what happened. Had you ever told Michelle that story before?
0: Nobody ever.
1: Wow, isn't that crazy? And that night, you know, you get delivered from it. I mean, I just—I mean, that's a powerful, powerful thing that happens. And your son probably remembers that, you know, to this day too. I mean, who knows? Yeah. But um, you know, the fact is, it doesn't have to continue in your lineage anymore. It doesn't have to continue in your family because it's called a spirit of fear or that it's not just the timidity. It's not just the thing that happened. It's not just the victimization. It's the fear of somebody else in my house getting victimized. The fear that spirit of it is overriding and almost sits like a cloud over the whole family. I am so afraid it's going to happen to somebody else that it dictates to me now that same situation still dictates to me what I do and do not do. Just like with the thing we came out of, we can say, we can say, uh, and be so afraid that that's going to happen again that now we're sharing things out of our victimization as opposed to out of our deliverance because now we can just say hey you know that's not who you are you don't identify with with what's happened to you that way I mean you're now identifying as the victor as the one in Christ Jesus who has overcome I am an overcomer I'm not somebody who's and that's what uh, Connie's book says is memoirs of an insomniac uh, but the word insomniac is actually crossed out and it says overcomer in blood red
0: yes. wow. and well that, yeah. I mean that just sums it all up what we've been talking about right
1: that right. Just
0: sums it all up you know
1: right and so it's it's not it's not who I was it's who I am now yeah you know i mean i was that exactly you know i did go through that but yeah. that's not who i am you know yeah. this yeah. is who i am
0: exactly Exactly. And so, you know, and that's, I mean, I want my kids to say that. I want my kids to say, uh, Hey, you know, dad went through that. Dad experienced that, but that's not who we are. You know, I'm not even that anymore. I mean, whatever, you know, whatever that stranger did to me, whatever those leaders did to me, I'm not that anymore. I, you know, I refuse to be a victim to other people's weakness. And that's the thing is we allow other people's weakness, hurts, disappointments, um, yeah, their rejection, we allow those things to control our lives, to control how we think, how we behave, how we act, uh, you know, what our future is. We can't allow that. You, you you just, you know, that's not Christ. You know, it's just like right. these things are count but lost. I mean, Paul could have lived stuck in being a Pharisee and tried to, you know, tried to mingle his pharisaical, religious kind of great order, you know, and great accomplishments with trying to pursue Christ. And he goes, I'm nothing at that. And we we go, oh, he's nothing. So I'm nothing. That's not what he was talking about. He's going, that stuff, I'm nothing to that stuff. That stuff has got nothing on me. Now I'm pursuing, as a son of God, I'm pursuing Christ. This is what I'm pressing for. Perfection in him. That's what I'm pressing for—the prize of the high calling in Christ—and that's what we've got to do. Is like it doesn't mean that he didn't have it. He spoke about it often where he came from, but right. he always talked about where he's going. You know, it's—we've right. uh, got to get that right in from from the micro to the macro situation. Yeah,
1: yeah. I've often heard that too—that you can't you can't drive with your eyes always in the rearview mirror you got to look out the windscreen or the windshield in the front, you know, right. to be able to drive forward. Right. Uh, if you're just driving, trying to look in the rearview mirror all the time, you're going to miss what's in front of you. Exactly. And uh, because everything now is filtered through your past, yeah. not through the victories and not through the f- future. That's right. So, um, you know, if I see, like you said, if I see everything through that victim mentality, everything is going to be a victim mentality if i see everything through the storm uh in the storm of that and everything now is a storm it's just like if i'm a hammer everything becomes a nail you know i'm gonna gonna hit it (laughs) you know so uh or if i'm if i believe i'm a teacher i'm just gonna teach bless god i don't care what else is going on uh so that's it brings it brings me back like you said to that whole thing of (laughs) this is what happened to me. This is what went on. But this is what God did. This is who we are now. And this is my testimony. I'm overcoming the beast. I overcame the beast by not only the blood of the lamb, but the word of my testimony. And this is my testimony. This is what God says. Exactly.
0: And you know, nobody can take that away from you. No. You know you see that's the difference is like you can you can you can compromise somebody else's story right you can compromise on other people's convictions but you you cannot deny you right you cannot deny what you know what you've been through what you've experienced and and you know the 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 storm the story and the seal you can't deny it so it's right. like you can say well it didn't happen John I got Sorry, it did. I know it did. I went through it and I lived with the pain of it for 28 years. I know it. You know, I know what it's like to have no food in, in my cupboards and, and to be despised and abandoned and, and betrayed and everything. I know that. I, I know, you know, so you can't tell me it didn't happen, but what I do know, you know, this is what I do know. Yeah. It's coming out on the other side of it. I do know this. And right. you can't take that away. You you can put a gun to my head and say, deny it. I was like, I can't. That's who I am. You know, yeah. that's the third part. You know, is like um, not loving your lives unto death.
1: Right, right. Yeah, yeah. We leave that one out conveniently, but
0: yeah, that. And so, is like I'm prepared to go all the way because when you are prepared to die for what you know, then right? Then you are the most dangerous person on the earth. That's true. When that's true. When you're prepared to die for your convictions, whether it's physically or just soulishly, you know, just uh, when you're prepared, I, I, I cannot, I cannot deny who I am. I cannot deny what I've been through, but I cannot deny the victories. I cannot right. deny the deliverance. I cannot deny, you know, what I've been through and, uh, you know, and I'm prepared to I'm prepared to die for it, you know, is that that's the dangerous person. They hold these right. to, to tremendous victories in people's lives, you know, tremendous. Right. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. Well, tell Connie congratulations. And I really like to um, have her on the interview sometime and just talk okay. about uh, that. Um, one, yeah, just one, um, one week, just doing a. 40 minute interview and just saying telling about uh, the story and how she got to write the book and you know and all the rest of it so i'd love to do that and just uh, put it in the group and stick it on the podcast and and stuff like that so please uh convey my 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 uh, congratulations to her and my invitation to her as well that would be okay i'll do that great stuff well, thanks for being with me, Steve. Great conversation. Well, thank you. It was inspirational. It really motivated me again. I just like <laughs> it, was, it was really good, you know. So, um, hey, thanks for being with us. And uh, this is a um, a super time of just sharing. I was, you know, every morning I wake up th- a Friday morning thinking, okay, what are we going to talk about today, you know? But but you know that in uh, one of the things in copywriting they teach you is like. Um, one of the things you do is conversational. And in conversation, you don't prepare a conversation. You know, we don't go down to the local pub and say, okay, what am I going to talk to Steve about? Unless I have an an agenda, you know, unless I right. have something specific. But then I know what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to go, Steve, okay, I'm struggling with something. Or, hey, I want to share this with you. Will you will you celebrate with me on that? So it's always conversational. We, we're so stuck in, okay, I've got to prepare something, you know, just right. rather than just saying, okay, what is the conversation? You know what? It's just, you know, so, um, and thanks for being with us, part of our conversation. Thank you, Steve, for, for. Thank you. For jumping on with me and having our weekly discussion. It's really great. Have a super weekend and um, please pop over to my profile if you're listening to this and you want to catch uh, Relationship Saturday. um, Tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. EST time. (laughs) <laughs> time, Yeah. Sometimes it's EDT and sometimes EST. I'm not sure which one, but anyway, so 10 AM EST, I jump on and talk for 15, 20 minutes, sometimes less about um, just an aspect of your relationship. So if you'd like to be part of that, please pop over to my profile Saturday morning, tomorrow morning and catch me live talking about relationships. All right, Steve, love you. Appreciate you. Thank you so much, buddy. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Talk to you soon.